The Bucks lost to the Bulls. Yes, that's a very strange sentence to utter, particularly in the regular season. This has not happened on too many occasions. Giannis had 36 points, but in the end, it was the Bulls who were able to close out the game in the last minute. We're going to break down what went wrong in this game because, as I mentioned, losing to the Bulls is not something we're very familiar with. Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Monday to Friday and find my work over at ESPN alongside me from the floor at Viceserve Forum from the Bucks Radio Network, Justin Garcia, who has graciously stayed back at the arena <laughs> to knock out this podcast. We thank you for making Locked On Bucks your first listen or first watch of every weekday. Uh, now I say that and I need to clarify there was no podcast yesterday. I got really caught up uh, with my other job at ESPN and apologies for that. I did get a few people asking. Uh, it's a very, very rare occasion, but I'm going to make it up by doing not only a podcast tonight, but by doing a Thanksgiving podcast as well. That's the kind of dedication we're talking about uh, here on Locked On Bucks. Make sure you do follow or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, uh, though we would really, really appreciate that. And today's episode is brought to you by Sweat Block. If you or someone you love is experiencing embarrassing sweat or odor, try Sweat Block. Save 20% off with uh, the promo code locked on at sweatblock.com also available at amazon now uh, justin is at the floor on the floor and if you're watching on youtube you'll see the beautiful fire forum uh, lower bowl right behind him on the screen he was originally up in the broadcast booth and there was uh some floor cleaning going on in the arena and similar to Giannis in philadelphia uh, justin picked up the floor cleaner and launched it off the balcony uh, so that's what you missed. That's what you missed from the start of this podcast. Is that true or false, Justin? Um, I'm not going to confirm or deny, but there was a <laughs> lot of uh, there was a lot of frustration after the game. Yes, no, there certainly was. The Bucks went down one eighteen to one thirteen. But as I said, Justin's in the arena, so if there's any weird background noises, we can just blame him, and we can blame the uh, the fantastic arena staff at Fireside Forum. But Justin, uh, let's go straight to the post game reaction after this game then, because once the Bucks took the lead again in the fourth quarter, I was kind of sitting back on my couch here in Australia thinking that they were going to be able to close this game out. A couple of three-pointers from the Bulls ultimately uh, did the damage. What was the reaction? Because I think even without Chris, this was a game that you'd like to clean up at home if you're the Bucks. Yeah, it was a uh, disappointment. Was. <laughs> the reaction and um you know this was a game that i don't think the bucks really played well enough to win this game the bulls didn't play great either but the big difference was obviously the three shots that the bulls hit down the stretch and and for kobe white to hit two of them Mm. with the struggles that he's been going through is kind of a backbreaker and then nikola vucevic who was largely absent through the first half and maybe even three quarters of this game hits the knockout punch so the bulls just made those plays and hit those shots. And you look at the Bucks, 
this was just a, a lack of execution. I mean, I think no play really exemplified that more than the inbounds pass where you tried to get Giannis under the basket. Uh, but to me, what really stands out, and we were talking about this a little bit on the radio broadcast a lot bit, was the the call on Brooke Lopez with the waved off we thought would be a three-point play really seemed to be the turning point because it clearly impacted Brooke Lopez. His frustration did enough that he missed both free throws. And I know the Bucks still got a second chance opportunity there, but did not score. And DeMar DeRozan goes down and scores on the other end. So you go from thinking it's a four-point game with just under four minutes left to all of a sudden the Bulls are back in front. And I know the Bucks took a one-point lead once after that, but it, it didn't really seem like they ever fully recovered from that. That was a big moment, and uh, I'm glad you brought that up because certainly there was a lot of confusion. Certainly, as I was scrolling through Twitter, the broadcast didn't really seem to know exactly what the call was for. So uh, for those that maybe need reminding of what we're talking about, Brooke Lopez catches the ball uh, basically under the basket. He goes up, lays it in, and Zach Levine comes from behind and, and actually whacks him in the face. I mean, that that was the foul. Uh the official, it looked like the official behind Brook Lopez out on the three-point line, sort of put his hand up, blew his whistle. I don't know if there's any clarification. It's it's my understanding, just from trying to see what people were saying, the suggestion was that Brook Lopez's hand touched the net. So they still called it as a shooting foul, but they waved off the basket. Is is that confirmed? I don't know either. Um, the portions of the post game that we carried on the network and that I was able to hear uh, was just from Bud, and it didn't come up to him. But I saw the same thing, and that's the only logical explanation of Brooke Lopez coming into contact with the net because otherwise all of the contact that, that occurs with Brooke Lopez is as he's going up for the shot. So there's no way this was or should have been a, yeah, we deem this was on the floor. So it had to be that. I haven't heard that confirmed, but – that's what I saw, and that's what it has to be. Yeah, I believe that that was the case. The only other reasoning I had for it was the official just flat-out guessed from behind, assuming that Zach Levine would have pushed Lopez from behind because I, I don't know if that's what he was trying to do, but he obviously didn't. It was the most obvious shooting foul you could ever have. So that was, I agree, that was a turning point. You know, the other thing that stood out to me in this game, and we understand the Bucks don't have uh, Chris Middleton in the lineup right now, but as you were watching this game, Giannis had his 36 points. Uh, he did take 27 shots in this game, though. Uh, even though he only attempted two uh, three-pointers, he was six for nine from the free-throw line, which is a little bit of an improvement. And he was big at the start of the fourth quarter. But clearly, with DeRozan and his 36 points, Levine wasn't as damaging. He had 18. But Chicago just had the two best shot creators on the floor, clearly. Yeah, DeMar DeRozan was just the best player on the floor. And it was that was the frustrating part, as we've seen this uh, a number of times from DeMar DeRozan. But it really was just the third quarter that he went off. And you know, some of these, we saw this last year a couple of times, too. It, some, it, it's just the, well, you tip your cap to him because there's two that I can remember clearly with Wesley Matthews defending him as good as you can. There was one that it looked like uh, Drew might have actually started to block the shot and it still went through the net so you know DeMar DeRozan is capable of doing this I think the the interesting part about the defense overall was you knew coming into this game it was going to be an interesting test with the Bulls 
living in the mid-range and the Bucks willing to give that up. But this also seemed like the defense we saw last year and the last few years and not so much early in the season where this really evoked the memories of that Celtics series and, and saying, look, we don't think Grant Williams is going to hit this many threes. I mean, early in the game, especially the Bulls had 23 three-point attempts in the first half. They averaged 28 per game. And it was guys like uh, Patrick Williams that it seemed like the Bucks were just kind of saying, look, we don't think these guys can consistently hit three-point shots. So Patrick Williams, Javante Green, and uh, even to a lesser extent, Kobe White, if they want to take these threes, we'll live with it. And you saw a very, very high volume of threes allowed by this defense. I totally agree. And I think that's where we can lean into the three-point defense uh, as we continue to go through this show. And there was also obviously a very pivotal moment in the third quarter, in the back end of the third quarter that I think was really the the game-breaking run uh, that Chicago made as well. So I want to get into uh, both of those points as we keep going. Before that, I'll talk about uh, today's show sponsor, betonline.net, which is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. If you're interested in the MVP race, uh, well, DeRozan and Giannis both matched each other with the 36 points. DeRozan, one of the all-time buck killers, by the way. We've seen that story many times before. Uh, Giannis hampered by foul trouble a little bit. He is the second favorite for MVP at betonline.net. Uh, Jason Tatum is the favorite. He had another 36 or 37 tonight against Dallas. Luka Doncic is right up there as well, and he had 42 in a loss. Uh, speaking of guys that potentially need some help on their team, Luka Doncic is doing it all uh, for the Mavericks. But you can get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there from football to basketball to soccer. The World Cup's on right now. Uh, and if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at Bet Online as well. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Uh, that's Bet Online, where the game starts. Also, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast. Uh, you can find out about some other sports that are going around. NFL's back. It's We're already back to the weekend. Uh, I, I believe Thanksgiving is a big NFL day. No NBA, but I think there's plenty of football. There usually is. Uh, and the World Cup soccer's on as well. There's been some upsets. Argentina lost. I believe Germany lost. I didn't even care about soccer, but I know, I know what's going on in the sports world. So listen to Locked On Sports today after you're done with Locked On Bucks. So the three-point shooting, as you pointed to, uh, we should also give some credit that I think on a couple of those threes, particularly the ones late in the game, they were pretty good shots, as you mentioned. But there is a big discrepancy between the attempts that the Bulls have been putting up. And part of me was thinking that the Bucks were so hell-bent on stopping that mid-range stuff because that's where the Bulls do score, that they they did go into some old habits there. The other point was the Giannis foul trouble. So he picks up his fourth foul with just over five minutes uh, left in the third quarter. At that point, the Bucks are leading 75 to 73. They get outscored 17 to 8 the rest of the way with Giannis on the bench, and all of a sudden they're in a seven-point hole going into the fourth quarter. And Giannis started the fourth quarter on fire, and you're worried because he's getting downhill. He's getting into the paint. And he was showing pretty good patience and he was uh, dishing the assists and the Bucs were scoring. They got back into the game. Uh, but ultimately, it felt like a lot of unnecessary hard work at the start of the fourth quarter that they had to do um, because they just weren't able to survive without Giannis on the floor. Yeah, and you know, on the flip side of that too, I, I thought another big part of the game, and granted, he wasn't as certainly nowhere near as impactful offensively as DeMar DeRozan was, but uh, 14 minutes into the game, 
Zach Levine picked up his third foul. And mm. Billy Donovan chose to roll the dice and kept him in on the floor in the second quarter until a little below the midpoint of the quarter before finally bringing him out. And he didn't pick up, I don't think, a foul for the remainder of the game. There was a couple of stretches there, and that was kind of where the Bucks started to get a little sloppy early in the game where you saw a, a couple of the actions the Bucks were running. You got the switch to have Zach Levine defending either Giannis or Brooke Lopez on two separate occasions, and they just never took advantage. And, you know, to take him off the floor, even though it's DeMar DeRozan that was ultimately the most impactful guy, if you could have had him gone for the remainder of the first half and early into the third quarter as well, who knows where the game is there, but it was just one of those situations where the Bucks were really moving the ball well. And I thought a lot of their success in this game came when Giannis was attacking the basket, not so much even finishing, but when he was driving and finding the open men, that was creating some lanes and good shot attempts and looks for the team. But they just seemed to revert away from that. And we saw a lot more isolation ball really from the midpoint of the second quarter on. And I thought not taking advantage of attacking Zach Levine and getting some of those switches was another big moment because that's where the Bulls started to creep back in the game and made this a one-point game at halftime. So before we continue on that point, because I think it's a pretty good point. So would you have, as you were sitting there watching it play out, and you understand Giannis has got the four fouls, if he gets the fifth before the end of the third, clearly that's problematic. But he ends this game with 34 minutes. Would you have looked at the way it was trending and say, okay, there's two and a half minutes left. Giannis, be very careful. We've seen Bud trust him in moments like yeah. this. And and certainly more and more, I think, as Giannis's career has gone on, he's been able to be trusted. And he finishes his game with five fouls. He has the one offensive foul uh, that Alex Caruso draws the charge. Would you, would you have put him back in with, say, two and a half minutes and just try and at least draw even at the end of that quarter? Yeah, I would have, because I think, as you mentioned, we've seen Bud put a lot more trust in him the last, you know, really ever since he arrived. I mean, think back to Bud's first year here. It was it was one of the bigger conversations. And now, unfortunately, free throws have replaced that. But man, Giannis has really got to control himself and think about the games he was fouling out of. It's a non-conversation at this point because he's earned that trust and, and he's cleaned that up. So I would have rolled the dice with it. But you know, the, the big thing that I think we saw tonight with those fouls from Giannis and really the last, you know, 10 days, two weeks, we've seen a little bit more of it is some of the fouls that he's getting seem to be frustration fouls and are easily avoidable. And that's the bad part is he's picking up some of these fouls that are coming in sequences where he just should not foul. One, I think the most frustrating was, I don't remember if it was the third quarter or second quarter, but when Io DeSumo scored on that out-of-bounds mm. play where he just caught the Bucks napping, he scores, and Giannis follows him in the process when the ball had already gone through the net, really out of frustration. Yeah, I, I mean, that was such a bad breakdown that, I don't know, I'm, I'm guessing it's difficult in the moment to just let it go, but it's like, well, the play's already blown. Give up the two points and try and save yourself the foul because, yeah, I mean, that's the other flip side of this. Were there some poor fouls in in those four that, that caused him to go to the bench? But I think it's a good point. Maybe they should have brought him on. And to your point about uh, the mismatches, so Lopez has 16 points at the half. Now, we know he hits his first three threes. He's on fire. He goes 0 for 4 the rest of the game. But 16 points at the half, and then he only finishes with 20. Now, he probably should have had a couple more, as we discussed, with that foul call. But I thought even earlier in the game, you see Giannis uh, with Grayson Allen. Giannis sets the screen. 
Grayson Allen has the ball at the top. The Bulls switch it. Giannis gets the catch, spins on DeRozan, open dunk. And, and it is something that I think if you do look at the Bucks' offense, you say, okay, well, you're really struggling without Chris Middleton, the guy that creates his own shot. Can you find ways, particularly against a team that I thought on occasions was unnecessarily switching, can you get Giannis the ball more? Can you get Brook Lopez the ball more? And and I know that's not necessarily the way that they tend to run the offense, but it is interesting on a game like this because the Bulls defensively, they were really good to start the year last year. But you look at the personnel and Patrick Williams is a decent matchup for Giannis, but you think that there's enough there. Vuce on Lopez feels like a team, and they did score 113 points, but it feels like a team that you should be able to score easier than they did. Yeah, and especially with the size advantages that the Bucks have here with the stretches where you play your jumbo package with, with Bobby Portis and Giannis and Brooke on the floor together. And you know, we saw it quite a bit last year, but you saw it extensively in the second half tonight that Alex Caruso was, again, the guy that was defending Giannis quite a bit. Mm-hmm. And there was at least two of those sequences where you got the two-man game going and you got the switch that you wanted where Alex Caruso was off of Giannis, and I think it was either Patrick Williams or Javante Green, but the Bucks just weren't able to take advantage of those. And it's things like that when you lose a game by five, you can't point to the free throws like we have in the past week or so of, well, you lost by you know four or five or six points and you missed eight free throws. It was just not taking advantage of some of those mismatches. And, you know, I think the big thing, too, is when you looked at the Bulls' success from three in the first half, I wouldn't say you didn't care, but you also felt like, well, there's no way with the shooters on this team. I just don't see them sustaining it. And the Bulls did in terms of the percentages. The volume dropped much more in the second half. So that's another one of the things where you just tip your cap. I think what what stood out tonight was the Bulls started hitting threes early. And, you know, the other kind of underlying trend that's been there all season, you and I talked about this a week or so ago, the Bucks have not been very good in transition so far this season. And they were brutal for the first three quarters tonight. It really started to pick up in the fourth quarter. But the Bulls were very good offensively in transition, and they did a good job of defending the Bucks in those spots. And that's where Patrick Williams actually held up on a few of those. And I thought Javante Green – he was the guy in transition that was coming up with a handful of those stops, especially when he was trapped under the basket with Giannis. You mentioned some of the numbers, and it is interesting because the Bulls are plus six in three-point makes, but the Bucks won the points in the paint 50 to 34, second chance points 16 to seven, so two pretty good numbers there, and they had seven more uh, free throw attempts on a night where Giannis was actually six for nine. So a lot of the numbers did stand out. Turnovers were problematic for the Bucks. We can say that 19 turnovers, uh, eight of those to Giannis and seven of those to Drew Holiday. You mentioned the turnover late in the game where Drew Holiday just kind of, I mean, he just, I understand Giannis was blocked underneath, but it was just, a, it was a bad pass. I mean, I don't know. Giannis can get a lot of passes, but there was some passes tonight. Even that play where Giannis will just post up under the basket and they'll just, launch the ball seemingly now I don't want to disrespect the skill of these players but it does appear that they're just like oh screw it Giannis is there I'm just going to launch that down under the basket and then you know a lot of times Giannis does push off he got called for a foul on DeRozan on that play but I'm not always sure even though the I don't know what the points per possession would be on that play but it always feels risky that a the pass is is a difficult one to make and a little bit careless 
and two that you're going to get a foul on Giannis. But yeah, there was some bizarre turnovers tonight that I thought uh, hurt the Bucks. We can get to that a little bit more though, because I've got more questions for you after I talk about uh, our sponsor of the podcast today, Sweat Block. And uh, if you uh, know someone who is uh, suffering from embarrassing sweat or odor. Uh, you should uh, point them in the, the direction of our friend Sweatblock. Now, I could potentially be one of those person uh, people right now because I had a shower just before we did this podcast. Very bad move. It's like if you go for a run uh, and then you come home and have a shower and you're still sweating for the next 45 minutes. So that's me right now working through this podcast. I'm gonna All I'm going to do is record a podcast. I'm going to need to take another shower. Uh, maybe I need to have a chat to our friends from Sweatblock, which gives you the confidence to wear what you want without embarrassing sweat. Sweatblock wipes were featured and tested on the Rachel Ray show by firefighters. It's a pretty sweaty job. So if you or someone you love is experiencing embarrassing sweat or odor, try Sweatblock. Save 20% off with the promo code locked on at sweatblock.com. Also available on Amazon. Uh, just quickly. I saw some video from uh, yourself on social media. Giannis was out there practicing some free throws after the game, I understand. He was. Um, there were really two notable things from, from the post game. So Giannis was out here immediately taking free throws. And uh, I would say he hit a pretty high volume of them. He looked good. I mean, much better at the free throw line tonight as well, as I think there was only one that was actually an air ball, but that was the only one that he missed short on. Uh, but he was out here immediately taking free throws and hitting a lot. However, he was kind of, I wouldn't say grimacing because I was obviously far enough away. I couldn't see his face, but he was grabbing at his arm and elbow quite a bit as he was working out. I think Josh Oppenheimer was out there with him um, and he kept grabbing at the arm after shooting a couple of free throws occasionally so i don't know if we're going to see Giannis pop up on the injury report prior to friday's game with some type of arm issue the bigger uh thing to come out of post game to me was i don't know if this was caught on the tv broadcast but as soon as the game ended we saw an embrace between grace and allen and alex caruso and they were talking for a little bit and seemed to leave in good spirits and caruso even patted him on the back so it seems all is well between those two unbelievable unbelievable stuff yes no i don't i didn't see that on the broadcast there was a lot of uh Giannis and thanasis and uh thanasis was in a lengthy conversation with demar Derozan. i don't know is there any history there or is uh thanasis just a sociable yeah. he's just a sociable <laughs> fella so that that would make sense a long long uh yeah i'm not sure what they were chatting about but that is interesting uh there with uh grayson and alex uh caruso so while we're speaking of bench players, I mean, Grayson did start in this game, but while we are speaking of a bench player like uh, Alex Caruso, uh, struggles for the Bucks bench, the lineups anyway. If you just look at the plus-minus in this game, George Hill, who actually you know, had one of his better scoring games. He put up 10 points, but he was minus 13 in his 18 minutes. Wesley Matthews, kind of surprised to see him back so quickly from the hamstring. We discussed that, Justin, but he uh, knocked down a couple threes, but he was minus 12, and then Bobby Portis minus 14. Uh, despite almost getting a double-double, nine points and 12 rebounds in this game. So it is fascinating. Uh, if you look at four of the five starters were in the positive, but they, they when they were mixing the match in the bench lineups, they didn't have much success. And of course, uh, as we pointed to, that was a pretty pivotal stretch with with Giannis off the bench. Did you notice, in, notice anything from the, the second unit tonight in particular? 
Um, no, like I, I didn't notice anything particularly positive from the second unit. And I think part of me wonders if that's, you know, just getting to be the point that this bench is, I know it's early in the season, but they've been asked to do a lot so far this season. And you look back to earlier in the year where you would keep pointing out, man, this, this Bucks bench is out producing the opponents and they're doing this with no Pat, with Javon Carter and or Grayson Allen moved in there. In some cases, Bobby Portis. So there's not a whole lot to pull from there, and they're still out producing. And you can't help but wonder if the playing for so long without a lot of key pieces on the perimeter is just kind of starting to catch up to them. And, and they're just kind of limping to the finish of needing Chris Middleton to get back and kind of sort things out for that second unit and for their offense overall. But you know, we've talked about Giannis so far this season and how his numbers have still been very, very good. And uh, in many, in some cases better than they were a season ago. But, you know, when you watch the games, I think you would say statistically he's been the same guy, but I, I still feel like there's room for improvement. And you could really only point to a handful of games where you would say, man, Giannis was really good in that game tonight. He was good in the first couple of minutes of the game. He was good in the fourth quarter, but there was more of, you know, missing some shots around the rim that he was, making in seasons past that there's room for improvement. I think Bobby Portis is kind of in the same spot where some of the numbers are deceiving that he was the league leader in double doubles and he's just racking those up. He almost had one tonight, but you know, there's some shots that we're used to seeing Bobby hit that just aren't falling. And it's really the place that you can't really quantify that Bobby Portis has always provided where we saw one of those hustle plays tonight that he kept alive on a second chance and it led to a basket. But those have kind of been staples of Bobby's game and it just hasn't been there. And I think especially, you know, two weeks ago when you were playing one stretch without Giannis and Drew and still no Chris or Pat, those were the moments where you really needed Bobby Portis to be the guy he was a season ago and scoring 15 to 20 points. And you've just yet to get that from him either. Yeah, all in all, and look, we've said this about Giannis. I mean, he's the one that sets the standards that are so high because he's just so damn good on a night-to-night basis. And, you know, if he has 36 points, 12 rebounds, 7 assists in a game, and you say, gee, he still missed a few or still left a few points out there, it gives you an idea of the level that he gets to. But we have spoken about also the the responsibility he's carried through the early part of this season. But we did see some... Uh, some footage on the broadcast with Chris Middleton going down with a knee. And it did just remind you how long it has been since we've seen Chris Middleton play basketball. Uh, he practiced with the herd today, along with Marjon Bochamp and Thanasis as well. Uh, so, look, we've speculated about this endlessly, but I don't know. Hopefully, Chris is back soon. But ultimately, if you're the Bucks, yes, Chris Middleton's out. Second you know, most important player. People can argue that till the cows come home. I'm not too worried about that. But... The injury report is looking as good as it has. Uh, so the Bucks here on this homestand obviously get tomorrow off, eat some good food. I'm sure. How much food do you reckon Giannis eats? Honestly, I'm, I'm sure that man. <laughs> sure, that man is eating a lot. I could imagine. I mean, he has to. He's got to fuel that uh, a, that appetite. Yeah, quite a bit. I, I would venture to guess that Giannis Anthanasis, the the whole mm. Adetokounmpo household, probably goes through a lot of food tomorrow. So the Bucks are twelve and five. So ultimately, tonight there was little things that were a little bit frustrating. But uh, uh, let's be honest. Again, I think I would have taken it at the start of the season. You would have loved to just get this at home, keep winning, 
uh, on this homestand and bank another win. But uh, we will just sit here and we'll wait for Chris and we'll see what comes up next. Is it Cleveland or Dallas next? I didn't look it up. It's yeah, it's, it's Cleveland next on Friday and then Dallas closing things out on uh, on Sunday. And you know, the last point you made is, I guess, the most important one that you know you played. 15 games without Pat Connaughton. You've played, what, hmm. five without Drew, yeah. three without Giannis, and you're still still counting without Chris and uh, Joe Ingles. So you're 12-5. and five. You will certainly be happy with that. But the last two losses especially are the most frustrating ones because tonight was a game you felt like you should have won against this Bulls team. You just didn't execute. And the Philadelphia game is, is the one you'll keep going back to of, there was absolutely no reason to lose that game. And when you got those Chicago fans in the house, you want to send them home upset. And and there were quite a bit. I don't know how much of that came through on the, the TV or radio broadcast, but there were quite a bit of Bulls fans in this building tonight. It sounded like it. So thank you for making Locked On Bucks your first listen. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast. The biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day as well. Available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure you subscribe to Locked On Bucks. Uh, We really appreciate it. And if you live in the U.S., because if you live outside the U.S., I don't know if anyone outside the U.S., acknowledges or enjoys or eats a lot of food on thanksgiving i certainly don't i mean i would like to i'm not i'm not against the idea of not working and just eating and watching sports like it sounds pretty nice but we don't do it here in australia so i'm probably still going to podcast i'm going to imagine it's going to be pretty damn hard to get anyone to podcast with me so it'll probably just be me but i'll find something to talk about and then when uh, our american friends have finished eating and maybe taken a nap or they just want a, something to fall asleep to i Listening to me do a solo pod might do the trick, but uh, we'll have something for you uh, tomorrow. But enjoy it. Stay safe. Justin, eat lots of food or something yourself. Are you locked in, Fiserv Forum? Are you going to be able to get out or what's the deal? Uh, I guess I'll find out if I'm if I'm going to be able to uh, get out of here momentarily. So I might be spending Thanksgiving here. Beautiful. If you're locked in, send me a text. We'll do a podcast. You, you have nothing better to do. That's uh, Justin Garcia. Check him out on the Bucks Radio Network, of course. Uh, this is a really special effort from him to hang around at Fireset Forum. All right. We'll be back tomorrow. Enjoy. Enjoy.